Help I Got a Mac podcast episode number 83. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Help I Got a Mac. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft. And I'm Chris Biting. And this week is going to be a little bit different than any other week <laughs> of the Help I Got a Mac podcast, my friends. Today, yeah, it's not going to be rah-rah Apple this time, buddy. There are no fanboys in the house on this one. Not even Chris this week. No. Dude, when I got your... Your instant message earlier this week, I was like, wow, goodness, what's Chris all upset about? But then I started looking for, you know, my portion of what I was going to add to the show notes for today. And I'm like, oh, that's why he's so upset. (laughs) Now I know what Chris is going to have going on. So tell us about this, man. What's going on in the world of Apple that's got you and I both a little bit upset and perturbed? Okay, Google has this really, really cool service. We've talked about it before called Google Voice. And what it allows you to do is have a a phone number for life. And this phone number, when someone calls it, allows you to do all sorts of cool things to it. You can have it ring your cell phone or your home phone or your work phone or any other phone that you want all at the same time. Uh, Other cool things you can do is, let's say I'm talking to you on my cell phone and you called me through my Google Voice number. I can transfer you to my phone at home and you won't really know anything. It's pretty seamless. Also, yeah, yeah also voicemail is uh, converted into text and email to you or text to you. Uh, also, you can get uh, send SMS messages at no cost through the Google Voice system. This is awesome, right? Right. Google released, a f- about a week or two ago, official apps for BlackBerry and for their Android platform and said that the iPhone app was coming soon. And I was ecstatic. And in the meantime, there's also third-party apps that have been doing this kind of thing with Google Voice for a while, one of them being GV Mobile and another one made by a company called uh, Riverturn that I think is called like Voice Central or something like that. Anyway, come to find out this week that Google's app uh, has been rejected by Apple for, quote, duplicating certain functions of the phone and then also... Uh, GV Mobile and all the other Google Voice third-party apps that were on the uh, App Store for months were pulled as well. Exactly. Absolutely and, ridiculous. And I am hot about it right now. Why exactly do you, are you so upset? I mean, I, obvious. What what is there that pr- was provided through the functionality of this that you can't already do on the iPhone? Um. I just like having control of, of how I use my phone and how people call me. And, and if I want to transfer you know, a call from my phone on my cell phone to my house or from my house to my cell phone, I should be able to do that you know, without you – know, I, I should just be able to use Google Voice on my phone. It's an internet application. And I don't know. I just feel like a- Apple banning applications like this just really, really puts a sour taste in my mouth. And when it comes time for me to renew my contract with AT&T, I don't care whose fault it is at this point. If it's AT&T's fault, you know what? I'm not going to be an AT&T subscriber at some point. If it's Apple's fault, I, it's really it really pains me to say this, but maybe next time when it's time for me to renew, I may not go to the iPhone because of of them being so closed-minded to innovation. Well, I am I'm going to share with you how much I do agree with you, but if you don't mind, I'm going to play the advocate on the other side of this for just a moment. And what what I'd like to say is, number one, you can already use pretty much all the functionality of Google Voice on your iPhone as it exists today. So the ability to do that whole transferring of the calls and and things like that, you pull up the keypad and you hit the you know whatever that key Mm -hmm. stroke is, and and you're you're connected. Uh, You can use um, SMS messaging through your iPhone, I believe, as well. Can't you? It won't be free. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know about that one. I don't know about that one. However, I will say, and, and the advocate, again, on the other side of this, is that you know they're talking about the reason why they've chosen to um, do this is because they're saying that this duplicates functionality that already exists on the iPhone. 
Now, okay. Now, if that's the fu- if that's the case, and you don't want to put any apps out there that duplicate functionality, well, then let that be your standard and be consistent. Okay. However, there are so many applications that already already duplicate so much, you know, existing applications. Like how many calculators do are there out there that you can probably exactly. buy? They have a calculator. I mean, you you know, there's that text free unlimited program. Uh, where you can do SMS messaging, that's available. I mean, there's a lot of things that are duplicated that are out there, but they're single-handedly hand-picking certain things. And I really believe that this comes down to the free SMS thing. Oh, yeah, definitely. It's the ability to use your Google Voice number with probably having, I don't know if they were planning, Google was planning on having push notifications for SMS. But if they were, gosh, imagine what that would do to the number of people who are paying 20, you know, 10 bucks a month, 20 bucks a month or even 30 bucks a month for unlimited SMS plans. Yeah, but here's here's the thing that burns me, man. I can I can get the Google Voice application on a BlackBerry on AT&T. Oh, yeah. Well, see, there you go. You're right on that. And that's because why? What's the difference? I don't I don't know. I guess um they, they don't AT&T doesn't have a say in the software that BlackBerry releases, you know, with, and I believe that with Apple, they've got a toehold in the contract that says, you know, if we don't like something, we can tell you to remove it. Now, right now they're playing past the buck and they're saying it's Apple that reviews everything in the app store, but you know, a phone call is made to somebody. Yeah. It, it, it does seem ridiculous, and I will tell you, of course, we, those who have been following along for the very long time, you know that. Uh, my original iPhone application for gspn.tv, which is in the store, by the way, uh, was originally rejected, and it took three months to, for me to convince them otherwise, and finally they came back and allowed that in. Uh, for the last eight, eight or nine, well, I don't know how long it's for the last several months, version two of my software is is not approved. They 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 continue to reject it. And same thing, both both the first time, they rejected my application. They said my iPhone app uh, duplicated the functionality of the iPod iPod functionality of receiving pod, you know my podcast. Which, by the way, it doesn't because they don't allow to do what I do with my podcast uh, through their software. But it, the the thing is, is now they're saying the same thing, and and they're just single handedly hand picking certain things, and it's just ridiculous. Yeah, and. Oh man, I had a, I had a really good thought. Oh, uh, the the funny part about this whole thing is that the the developer that developed uh, probably the best third party um, Google Voice app, which was uh, GV Mobile, said, "You know what? I was charging people, you know, two or three bucks for this application. You know what? I still want people to have it because I worked on it. If you jailbreak your phone, you can get it for free. That's cool. So." So, you know, as my, as my phone is already jailbroken, I'll admit it, I don't care. I jailbroke my phone because I want to use it how I used it. I own the hardware. I'm going to put whatever I want on it. Um, I downloaded it, and it works great, and it's awesome. So take that, Apple and AT&T. <laughs> now, there, there's a link to in our show notes. By the way, for those who are in the chat room, uh, let me see if I can get this to pull up here. I will put this in. This is at gspn.tv slash Mac Notes. And those are the, the show notes that Chris and I are actually looking at. I put a link to the story from uh, riverturn.com. That's one of the companies that, that created this. And they had a conversation posted there between Apple and, and uh, this developer. So I'd like to just go through this real quick. Richard says, I'm calling to... This is Richard. So, by the way, Richard is from... Uh, Apple. He says, I'm calling to let you know that Voice Central has been removed from the Apple Store because it duplicates features of the iPhone. And then the developer says, I, I'll tell you what, why don't you read the developer and I'll read uh, what Richard has to say. Um, okay, let me link on it real quick here. Sure. Whoops. And by the way, just while he's pulling that up, I just want to say at the end of this, um, in... He says, now please understand some things lost in the writing of the above dialogue. First and foremost, the above quoted, uh, the above is quoted for grammatical presentation and none of it should be considered actual quotations. The conversation follow, uh, followed that, that basic path 
but included several other pleasantries and elements that I eliminated so it didn't get any longer than it already was. So with that being so, said, understand this is not a transcription of the conversation. So who am I playing? Am I playing the part of Richard? No, I'll, I'll be Richard, the, uh, the iPhone, uh, the, the, the Apple guy. <laughs> okay, You're here gonna... we go. And action. All right. I'm calling to let you know that Voice Central has been removed from the App Store because it duplicates features of the iPhone. I don't understand that reasoning. By logic, wouldn't apps like TextFree, Skype, Fring, or iCall be considered duplicates? I can't discuss other apps with you. It's not the apps themselves I want to discuss, just the lack of consistency in rule enforcement. I can only say that yours duplicates features of the iPhone and was causing confusion in our community. It's against our policy. So what has changed that is now against policy? It's been in the store for at least four months with no problem. There wasn't a problem for the 1.5 months prior to that when you were reviewing it, and this didn't come up with any of the updates we submitted after it, after it was already in the store? I can't say. Only that yours is not complying with our policy. Can you tell me what portions of the app were duplicate features? I can't go into granular detail. (laughs) Is there something we can change or alter in order to regain compliance to get back into the store? I can't say. Well, if we can't figure out the issue, then how will we know whether to resubmit the app? And how will we know whether to invest any other development efforts? Future apps could be impacted. I can't help you with that. So how do we know whether it's still viable for us to consider Apple a partner if this is how the scenario plays out? If you were in my shoes, you would continue to invest blood. Would you continue to invest blood, sweat, tears, and money into something that can be killed off at any moment without your say-so? I understand your point, but I can't help you with that. <laughs> surely there's someone at Apple. Sir, surely someone there at Apple asked you to make this phone call. Can I speak with that person about this? I am the only person you can speak with on this subject. <laughs> 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 Sorry. <laughs> That's good. There has to be someone there I can actually have a back and forth with so we can make some strategic deci- decisions on whether this partnership makes any sense. You can only talk to me. <sighs> Nothing personal, since I know you've just been asked to make this call, but we aren't really talking here. There's no back and forth, and you aren't allowed to answer any questions. Can I implore you to ask your managers if there's anyone who'd be willing to speak to me and have a real conversation? I don't care if it needs to be off the record or if we need to sign another top-secret NDA, but we, really need, but we really have nothing to go on at this point. We will need to make business decisions on whether it makes any sense to continue developing. I will relay that to my managers. Make it so. Make it so. <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> this we is- have the most powerful station This is absolutely annoying and frustrating, and I hate it. Yeah, oh, me too. Developers out there are putting their money, they're investing time, they're they're invest. I mean, it. You know, you just don't come up with an application overnight. I mean, these things. Oh yeah, these things take months of time sometimes they have people that have teams of people working on this i mean there's a there's a huge financial cost here and apple finally goes and and releases this thing and then all of a sudden just yanks it and all they're saying is is i can't talk to you i can't help you i can't tell you what what specifically you might be able to change to have a little they won't open the dialogue yeah it's it's pathetic pathetic apple we're angry with you. Get Boo. it. Boo. Boo. <laughs> Believe me, man, it, it makes things like uh, Android and Palm Pre and stuff, you know, look pretty good. At Palm Pre, the Palm blog tells you how to basically jailbreak your phone. <laughs> that is awesome. Oh, and speaking of which, Apple just came out today or the other day, and let me find this story because it's hilarious, that, uh, you know, they, they obviously don't like... Um, jailbreaking, and they think it's it's awful, and and it's you know you'll, Ill- you'll, illegal you'll, is is their yeah, that's exactly. their terminology. <laughs> Apple says illegal. Yeah, not only illegal. Let me find let me find it because it's hilarious. Is it punishable by death yet? Almost, <laughs> almost. <laughs> okay, here we go. 
Apple wrote to the Copyright Office and offered this explanation as to why jailbreaking should never be legalized. Local or international hackers could potentially initiate commands such as denial-of-service attacks that could crash the tower software, rendering the tower entirely inoperable to process calls or transmit data. Taking control of the baseband processor uh, could... Could be much to the equivalent of getting inside the firewall of a corporate computer to potentially catastrophic result. The technological protection measures were designed into the iPhone to precisely prevent these kinds of activities. And if granted, jailbreaking exception would open the door to them. Here's here's the issue that I have, and this is what uh, TechCrunch says the same thing. Apple just confessed their phones are a threat to national security and failed to see the repercussions this could have on their business. If this is true, then I suggest legislation to ban all iPhones immediately since iPhones are a threat to national security. Legalizing <laughs> jailbreaking or keeping it illegal doesn't change the fact that the iPhones are not secure enough to prevent jailbreaking. So all these precautions they claimed, which, took, uh, which they took to prevent this from happening, was a waste of time since it could be circumvented by anyone just watching a YouTube video. That so, is hilarious. I love yeah, it. That- yeah, so you know what? Apple, recall all the phones. Give me my money back. Give me my money back. And uh, yeah, I'll go with someone else and void my contract out while you're at it. Yeah. Oh, man, I tell you, I'm, I'm so hot over this. I really am. Um, and, and, and let me tell you, this is on top of, okay, this is on top of something I was going to share anyway. Before I knew about this, before I knew about this, I already had this in the show notes from several days ago when I was preparing what I would I would bring today. And I'm going to go ahead. It's it's later down in the list, and then we'll come back to the top of the list. We're also going to address a question that we got in the chat room chat room from uh, Troy Price. But anyway, um, it's it's way down there. It's called "My Issues with Eight with the iPhone," and it's mm-hmm. and it just simply says AT and T seems to have an issue with dropping my calls more and more frequently. I had never before the i you know actually even the first year with my the first year with my iPhone I never had a problem I I've had AT&T for years I be, before I had the iPhone I did go have a short little uh sprint there with Nextel slash Sprint I uh, yeah, me too I I didn't like it to be honest with you I only switched over to Nextel because I wanted the walkie-talkie and that got old real fast and so I, you know, I moved back to AT and T because of the iPhone, and I I loved the iPhone. And I and and prior to going to Sprint, I was with AT and T uh, for probably I don't know five years, six years, maybe more, maybe maybe closer to like eight years. Ever since Stephanie and I were, yeah, oh gosh, we're, we've been married going on thirteen. So yeah, we, for years. Okay, ever since I've had a tele- so back when it was singular, yeah, right? Yeah, even before it was a, a singular, it was called Ameritech. So oh, they were back. Huh? Yeah. So I mean, oh. I've been I've been with a with what AT and T you know this carrier in our area with these towers from the beginning, and the first year of having my iPhone, I never experienced a single drop call. I hear you know all these other tech podcasts and you know people talking about the iPhone and moaning and complaining about the fact it's on AT&T. It's like, yeah, that's great. It's a great phone, but it just doesn't work because it's not a, you know, I can't get, they keep dropping my calls. I never knew what they were talking about. Um, As soon as the 3G came out, as soon as the 3, and and I would say as soon as the 3.0 software came out, so I don't know if this is AT&T or if it's the 3.0 software, my calls are dropped 55% 55% of the time. 55, wow, that 55% of the time. I cannot. I It, it is more than half. Wow. More than half. It, it is ridiculous. I'll get on the phone and all of a sudden I'm talking and I hear beep, beep, beep. And then I look at my phone. Call failed. Over and over. I mean, if I in a normal day, I see it happen Three to seven times a day. I am fed up. Yeah, my my buddy Scott. Um, what he's been having is he will he won't get voicemails until like you know three days later. Yep. And Stephanie and he's like, he, and he said it's unacceptable. He's like, you know, I'm missing 
work and stuff, you know, work related things because of this this lag of time. Stephanie, since she's had her, and again, this is all since the three G, and I, and I think it, you know, obviously we've seen all the sales numbers of the three G, and and then of course with that release of the three G came out the ninety nine dollar iPhone, and of course there was a forty nine dollar iPhone for refurbs and stuff. So I mean, these things are going like crazy, and people are just, you know, you know, they're. I'm sure the network is stretched. To its, its and that's limits. the thing. I'm not blaming. I'm not really blaming Apple for some of that stuff. I'm blaming AT and T yeah. and their shoddy network. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I, I'm at. I, I never had a problem with AT and T recently. But even now, Stephanie complains that you know she she doesn't hear her phone ring, and then all of a sudden, it, just like within a minute later, uh, she gets a voice. You know, she gets a little notification. She's got a voicemail. Her phone never rang. Yeah, and it, it's just like, what's going on here? This is ridiculous. And it's happening way too often. And I will tell you, I spent you know for my business we spend two hundred dollars a month for our iPhone plans because we use it for our business. We we don't really have a. I mean, we have a, a home phone that's our studio phone here, uh, mm-hmm. but but we it's down to the basic stuff. But we use our business. We use our phones for business. And I, I'll tell you what, I'm at the point now, I'm so glad I have Google Voice because I can, I've given my Google Voice number out to everybody because if I'm home, there's no way I'm picking up my iPhone. I, imagine that, I'm sitting there talking to somebody, you know, negotiating the purchase of $1,300 worth of audio equipment and I drop the call in the middle of the conversation. Yeah. It's like, this is ridiculous. I can't it's perform awesome. business this way. I'm you know, a little you upset. almost makes you want to like just get an iPod Touch and then go buy like a little burner phone, you know, from another carrier. <sighs> Something. I well, I don't know yeah. about that. You know, the thing that's gonna matter of fact, that's a great question. Let, let's move on because I think we spilled our hatred and our our anger enough here, and let, let's try to turn things around because we're not complete Apple haters. We we've just been a little bummed today. But uh, yeah. So th- here, here's a question that will go right along with this, and let me see if I can find out which one this is. This was uh, this is from John, and this this goes right into that question. So here's what John called in. Hey Chris, hey Chris, uh, it is John from Houston. I'm calling in uh, for a question for the help. I got a Mac podcast. Uh, I was just listening to your last episode, I think episode 82, where you were talking about Mary and how she wanted to buy a MacBook but didn't want to put it on credit. Well. You know, I'm kind of the same way, not with a MacBook, but but with a um, a cell phone. I'm kind of getting towards the end of my uh, my con my contract, and I called beforehand and asked y'all about you know pre versus you know getting an iPhone. Well, I had a friend who has a 3G, and she is one of these people that has you know absorbent amount of money, so she's going to go ahead and just uh, in a month or so go ahead and get the 3GS. Um, I know she's going to pay full price because, you know, she's, you know, she doesn't, she's not, you know, at the two-year limit with her contract, but she had offered to me, because she knew how much I wanted the iPhone, she offered to me to give me her 3G. Now, my question for you is, if I'm not with AT&T right now, but, um, you know, if I have the ability to go with them, uh, having gotten this 3G phone, could I, could I, in fact, do that? Just, be, you know, being given the 3G and say, hey, you know, at and I've got this. Can you activate it? Let me be a customer now. Um, I mean, I was going to potentially wait until November when my, my contract's over with Sprint so that I could port the number over if that thing, ha- you know, if this, in fact, does happen. But I was just kind of curious, you know. I mean, in the meantime, could I use it as a, uh, you know, an iPod Touch, essentially? All righty. So a couple things. Number one, he wants to know if he buys an iPhone that somebody else previously owned, can he walk into AT&T and say, can you activate this? Yeah, but he'll have to sign it to your contract. Exactly. So there's the, that's the very <laughs> short to the point uh, answer to your question. Yes, you will be able to activate your iPhone, get onto an iPhone plan. But to do that, to get on an iPhone plan, you do have to sign a two-year contract. Now, if you didn't have an iPhone plan and you didn't have access to data, I wonder if you could still do it without it. I'm not sure about that, but I do know that if you want the full functionality and all the all the things that go along with owning an iPod or an iPhone and, and stuff like that, then yeah, you do have to do that. 
All right, and then the other question is: He wants to wait until November until his Sprint contract runs out. Can he use it in essence as an iPod Touch until then? I think so. Uh, I've heard of people doing that, so I would definitely think that that should work. Yeah. I don't have any reason to believe it wouldn't. There is uh, two things there. Number one, I I know for a fact that. If the person did not reset their phone, meaning you know there is a process that you can go through that completely reformats and wipes the phone and takes it back to its original, you know, just the Apple software that would normally come with it, wipes off all the application data, all your contact information. I mean, it does a clean wipe. And when you do that, it goes back to that screen that says plug into iTunes, you know, into an I, into iTunes to activate your phone. So if it, yeah, it, yeah, but you should be able to bypass that. It, 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 can you bypass that without unlocking it, though? Yeah, I think so. Okay, okay. Well, if that's the case, then the answer is yes. If it's not the case, then you could i you could unlock the iPhone uh, and and use it that way. And the other thing I was going to say is that um, Stephanie did recently upgrade to the 3GS because she had her screen had cracked on her original. And what I did uh, is I went out and bought one of those little covers, one of those screen protectors, and I cover. I, I basically put one of those clear uh, plastic sheets or whatever over top of the screen so that that we could use it as like an iPod Touch. And we never reformatted it. Matter of fact, it's got all the same applications. It's got everything on there, and it does. It functions just like an iPod Touch. And that's uh, cool. And you can still you can even go to the app store, download applications and everything via Wi-Fi on it. So it is it is definitely possible. So that that answers that question. So the, the and the reason why that ties into what you said, Chris, is if we do end up going to a different phone or something like that, um, you know, we could always still have. I mean, our, our iPhones still in essence would be an iPod Touch. Yeah. Yeah. You know, thing is, though, I I hate carrying. That's the that's the dilemma I have. I hate carrying two devices, and and now I'm so financially invested into the iPhone ecosystem. Yeah, you know, I got a ton of apps, a ton of apps, and Troy's wondering if you could use uh, Skype on the old iPhone. The answer to that question is yes for now, but it seems that that would probably duplicate some functionality of the (laughs) iPhone. So who knows? That that could go any minute now. Then you'll just have to jailbreak it. Yeah. You know, there's application. You, know, you know, you can't use, you cannot. Uh, the way it is now, you can't use Skype on the 3G network. You have to wait till you're on Wi-Fi. Yep. There's a little jailbroke application that some people don't know about that lets you use anything that with that kind of restriction mm-hmm. on on 3G. It tricks it tricks the phone into thinking it's always connected to Wi-Fi. Nice. So you could download 100 meg uh, podcasts over uh, over 3G. Absolutely. Interesting. What's the name of that application? Do you know? I don't. I'll uh, I'll send it to you though. Sounds good. Yeah, I'm I'm a big fan. I, I I'm a proudly proclaimed from the mountaintop. I jailbreak my phone. Come and get me. Mm-hmm. There you go. Apple. His address is. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So anyway, that oh goodness, I cannot believe this. All right, but anyway, Troy asked another question in our chat room. He says, "Here's a question for the Crack Mac team." He says, sometimes when I connect my iPod Touch to the Mac Mini, the computer doesn't recognize the iPod. Have you ever heard of this as a complication of version 3.0? I honestly have not. I have not heard about so that it's myself. Gonna be, it's going to have to be something we're going to have to look into. Yeah. I, and, and that's something probably, if you put that into the forums over at gspn.tv slash forum under Help I Got a Mac, some other people probably will help you research that um, and, and maybe see if there's some other things out there that we could find. To, uh, to uncover, you know, see if there, there is some issues out there. All right. Uh, a couple of things that I put in here. One is uh, there is a new iPhone application that lets you sleep while you're working. Uh, basically. Oh, I heard about this. Yeah. It's called, it says this uh, new iPhone application uh, lets you nap while you're in your cubicle without the fear of being caught. The iNap at work application makes office-like productivity noises so that your coworkers will hear a constant din of activity coming from your space. Even though you may be snoring, your workers will hear sounds like typing, mouse clicks, flipping through papers, stapling, and human sounds such as clearing your throat. <laughs> anyway, 
that's funny. Good stuff. Uh, any so that, that's out there. And by the way, that uh, there's a, there'll be a link to that application. It's ninety nine cents. I think it's just a novelty thing, obviously, but uh, it'd be pretty. It, it's it's a neat little novelty to, uh, toy, I would say. Yeah, the, the the those are available, but I can't get like real tools for my iPhone. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I I, I want to make a commercial. It's like, so let's say that you want to use Google Voice on your phone. Well, there's an app. Oh, there's not an app for that. There's not an app for that. All right, so <laughs> Apple claims new iPhone only visible to the most loyal of customers. Have you heard about this? Yeah, it's a great take on the Emperor's new clothes. Nice. Anyway, uh, this is from The Onion, which, by the way, if you guys are not familiar with The Onion, uh, you can go to theonion.com. It is a parody news source. Anyway, um, it says in the move, let's see, in a move expected to revolutionize the mobile device, mobile device industry, Apple launched its fastest and most powerful iPhone to date. Tuesday, an innovative new model that can only be seen by the, couple, the company's hippest and most dedicated customers. I'm proud today to announce to introduce to those the, uh, who really truly deserve it our most incredible iPhone yet, announced Apple's CEO Steve Jobs, extending his seemingly empty left palm to <laughs> toward the eagerly awaiting <laughs> crowd. Not only is this our lightest and slimmest model ever, but as truly savvy Apple any truly savvy Apple customer can clearly see it's also the most handsome and pro, uh, most handsome product we've ever designed. Uh, so basically if you go to the site they even show people uh, it they they went through and they show a, a crowd outside using the new invisible iPhones. Uh, they show Steve Jobs demonstrating it on stage with, uh, you know, the the popular hand model that holds the iPhone, but nothing's in his hand. And yeah. <laughs> they even went so far as to show uh, the big benches from the Apple store and the displays and where people where you don't see anything in the display. And one guy's just, you know, cupping his hands. Uh, it's pretty good stuff. I, you know, I love a little humor, especially when Apple's screwing things up the way they are. Yeah. Oh, hey, real quick. Uh, looks like a new t- two terabyte time capsule was released like today. Interesting. Two terabyte. Yeah. Fi- two terabyte time capsule. Now, time capsule for those listening, that is the uh, combination unit of both a router and a, an external wireless hard drive. Right? It is. Just wanted to make sure that we're putting out the details. Anyway, and yeah, they got rid. Of, they got rid of the 500 gig, and now it's just one terabyte or two terabytes. One T or two T. Yeah, one T is two ninety nine. Two T's is five hundred bucks. Yeah, and we had this conversation when they first announced Time Capsule. My my verdict on this is buy an Apple uh, Extreme router and go out and buy your. Uh, two terabyte drive separately at a much lower cost and that way it's replaceable when the drive dies which it ultimately will yeah or you know sign up and and get something like carbonite for 50 bucks a year and you get four years of of backup for that same price exactly Alrighty, and let's see here. Moving right along uh, we already played that audio clip next we have a call from Eric Fisher who wants to say, hey, if you're going out and you're buying a Mac, he's, he's thinking maybe his suggestion is to skip the, uh, the white MacBook. Here's what he has to say. Hey, Cliff and Chris, this is Eric Fisher. Just uh, wanted to let you know that I'm driving down to the Indianapolis Ma- Apple store to use some Apple Care and fix my white MacBook. Now, it's not a huge issue. It's just a cosmetic thing that was under Apple Care and I want to get it fixed because I'm selling it because I upgraded to the 13-inch MacBook Pro. And I got to say, after you know seeing it in the store and whatever, I thought, yeah, it's cool. It's aluminum and whatever. But, and I, and, you know, I could go into the whole decision of why I opted to upgrade to that particularly, is just the portability of it, the sleekness of it. I got to say, this thing is impressive. Uh, going from a white MacBook to the aluminum 13-inch MacBook Pro, the speed boost is definitely there. The backlit keyboard, the LED display. I love the black framing around the uh, 
you know, monitor. It really frames it much better, kind of makes the uh, screen pop a little bit more. Um, yeah, so anyway, I would just say to anybody out there who's looking for a MacBook, jump past the white one. Go for the aluminum MacBook, the lowest-end MacBook Pro 13-inch. It's, it's well worth it. It feels slicker and sturdier and more durable, and it is still very ultra-portable, but it feels like it's got a lot more power to it. And I remember Cliff used to refer to the fans would take off. Uh, your white MacBook would feel like it was about to take off uh, on the white MacBook. And mine was only about six months newer than yours was, and I, it still did the same thing. But I can sit this thing, hot, heavy-duty processing, do a, doing three or four multiple tasks at once, walk away, and I walk back and think, oh, no, did it shut off? No, it is that quiet. I could not tell it was on. And it's definitely not been heating up or anything, so... Anyway, high endorsement, the 13-inch MacBook Pro is definitely the way to go if you're considering between the white and the aluminum. All right, talk to you later. Bye. All righty. Thank you so much for calling in, uh, Eric, and congratulations on your upgrade. Sounds like you're very much uh, happy with your, your new 13-inch MacBook Pro. I would say the, the reason for the quieter um, you know, system on there is, is due to the fact that it's got its own separate graphics card, wouldn't you say, Chris? Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And uh, the, the, the Intel one that they had in there before is just a dog. Yeah. And, and, so, and, of course, that's what I think was causing a lot of the issues. Uh, and, of course, if the processor you know, gets bogged down with a lot of rendering and stuff like that, those, those fans will kick in. I don't use my MacBook enough to, anymore to to really run into that uh, a whole lot. Although I am getting ready to produce some uh, some video content for uh, some some products that I'm going to be selling for Podcast Answer Man. So I will be. Man, my fans are, are running all the time. Yeah, I'm going to be kicking my fans back in here soon. But uh, but yeah, so thank you for that. I, I still think the int- the entry level MacBook is still a very good buy. And for the price, it is still a couple hundred dollars cheaper than the 13-inch uh, MacBook Pro, I believe, isn't it? Yes. So for a couple hundred bucks, if you're just, you know, like my mom, and you're, the only thing you're really going to do is browse the web, check your email, and that's and, and, and maybe download some music on iTunes, that's pretty much going to be all you need is, is the, you know, the, that MacBook. It's going to do everything you need to do. So I still think yep. it's good. It's still a good op- viable option. And uh, if anybody's looking for one, it sounds like Eric's going to have one for sale here soon. <laughs> there you go. All right, moving right along, we have one more voicemail that came in. This one's from Brad from Alaska. Brad, take it away. Cliff and Chris, Alaska Brad calling in for help. I got a Mac. Long time no talk, guys. Hope all is well on your end. I am picking up the show slowly. Uh, been little behind. Anyways, I have listened to the most recent show, and a gentleman was uh, uh, talking about screen protectors, and I just wanted to share with you guys uh, a screen protector that I came across at our, we don't have an Apple store per se, but we have a a really nice, uh, uh, I guess, retail dealer uh, of Apple products, and they sell what is called Invisible Shield, and that's the uh, the product name, but uh, what's really nice about this stuff is it's a super grade, like stretchy plastic uh, used on the leading edges of military helicopters to protect the leading edges of the blades. And uh, the application goes, you have to spray this solution on your phone, and it's kind of scary because you're wetting down your iPhone, but it protects the entire iPhone. I mean, not only the back, not only the front, but the sides, there's little pieces. Those have come off uh, in the three months that I've had it. But uh, I have full body protection, and what's really nice is it's, uh, is, is, you know, I just run my phone naked, and uh, it's, it's got a little bit of grip to it, so it's not as slidey. The only one caveat I have with it is it kind of leaves a, a matte kind of a... a, a you know, through the screen. It's not a clear, like like if you had one of those clear screen protectors on there, it's not a sharp. It's kind of a matte type of finish. But other than that, I just love it. 
So I just wanted to throw in my two cents there. I think it was about 25 bucks, and you can find them online as well. It's called Invisible Shield. All right, take care, guys. Hope all is well. God bless. All right. Thank you so much, Brad, for calling in. Uh, and, of course, that is called um, it is called Invisible Shield, and uh, you can get that over at zag.com slash Invisible Shield, I believe. Z-A- yeah, I heard, I heard those are – I'm sorry. Go ahead. Z-A-G-G dot com. My bad. Um, yeah, I heard those are not the easiest things to put on, but the technology is derived from, I guess, this plastic they wrap like uh, helico- military helicopter blades in. Yeah, and it's pretty tough, man. You can you can take keys to the back of it, or or you know just abuse it. And the the screen and stuff on the iPhone is pretty robust. It'll it'll resist a lot of scratches. Um, if you have, this is gonna sound silly, but let's say you go to the beach and you have some sand in your pocket. You put if you have sand or something like real granular like that, it will scratch the lens. Um, but you know things like keys and change and stuff like that. Typically, the, the screen's robust enough; it, it won't scratch. Uh, but the invisible shield kind of just wraps the whole thing in like this plastic. It's real tight, and um, it makes the phone kind of feel makes it feel it's grippier. And the screen on the front kind of feels there's a little more resistance when you're using the screen. It actually feels pretty nice. Very cool. I don't know yeah. that I would want to go through and, and apply that. They they ought to have some like place where somebody will apply those for you. Yeah. Oh, uh, so uh, a new iPhone app just came out yesterday. Oh, okay. Tell me about it. It's the iDisk application. If you have Mobile Me, uh-huh. and um, I have to admit that I, I called in a couple favors and I got a Mobile Me account. Uh, it's part of it's 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 a tiny one, but it's still I still get five gigs, and uh, I've been using it, and it's really cool. Really? Because I've been using yeah, I've been using Dropbox, and Dropbox is two gigs, and this works just as well as Dropbox does. So so this iPhone application, what does it do exactly? I can put documents and movies or, or audio or anything like that on my iDisk, and um, if it's under 100 megs and it's it's like a document, I can actually download yep. it locally onto the hold, iPhone. Hold on, one, cool. hold on one second, Chris. You're you're starting to get that sound again on your on your connection. Really? I haven't plugged into the right port. Hold on one second. Yep. Chris is going to unplug his uh, USB connector there, and he's going to plug back in, and he's going to sound just fine and dandy. Is that better? It, it, perfect. I have no, okay. I have no <laughs> idea why it does that, man, but. Yeah, I don't know if you ever go back and listen. I know I don't. I do. Do you? I sound like a Cylon. You do. It's like, <laughs> but anyway. But yeah, you're sounding good again. So, so I just you basically access that stuff. What about if you're over a three G network? Can you still get access to the big files? Yep. Very cool. Even with an unbroken yeah. iPhone, I would assume. Yeah, and and what's cool is look, let's say you know I put something on my iDisk and I want you to get it. I can set permissions and set up public files and folders and stuff like that. So. Uh, it's it's cool if you have a Mac um, and you use something like Drop Disk and you don't want to fork over the cash for a bigger one. You may want to give uh, Mobile Me a look if you have an iPhone as well. Uh, I wouldn't recommend buying it from Apple. I would recommend buying it from Amazon where you can get it for about fifty bucks. So, and for fifty bucks, Mobile Me is a pretty good buy. So it's fifty bucks a year from yeah. Now we but when you renew, you'll have to get it from Apple, right? No, you can buy another box of it from Amazon. Oh, you can, and you will, yeah. and, and and you get to keep your same account and everything like that. Huh? Yeah, you just put a. It, it, one of the options when you go to renew it, it says I have a a key or a code or whatever, and and it's the code that's in the box, and you just put that code in, and you're good to go. Awesome. Well, yeah. Plus, cool. you get the the um, hey, I lost my iPhone. Where is it? Tool, you know, on Mobile Me, and and really the. The i the iCal application and the mail application and you know all those web apps that they have are actually really nice. I mean, it's the the, the calendar is beautiful. It's 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 nice. The, the more I play with it, the more I like it. I mean, uh, you know, I didn't. But you like you liked iCal before though on the Mac. Yeah, if you're if you're an iCal user, you'll love Mobile Me. Yes, because yeah. the the iCal software is cool. If, and if you use Google Calendar, that's okay too. Yeah, I, I prefer my Google Calendar. But uh, I, I disk application, that's cool. I, I like that. I've been using, um, oh, hold on. I'll tell you what I use because I use it all the time. 
if I could use SkyDrive on a Mac the way I use DropDisk, mm-hmm. uh, I, I would go with that because SkyDrive is owned by Microsoft. It gives you 25 gigs of storage for free. The problem is it doesn't work with any of anything else other than ActiveX web browsers, which uh, we all know as IE, and you know, yeah, that's okay. You can keep your you can keep your twenty five megs. I use AirSharing is what I use. It's an application that you can get oh, out yeah. there, yeah. and I like that. The only thing that I don't like about it is that it does have to be connected to the same network as as you know the wireless network as the computer you're on. And so, of course, I'm mostly swapping files from my home computer anyway, which I would be. But uh, I, I do see an advantage of being able to just drop those onto the web and into a web space and have access to those. But then yeah. the question is, what if you are inside of a building, uh, let's say like where our church meets, and I don't have access to the web, will I still be able to pull up documents? Chances of that are probably pretty slim. Yeah. So something to think about there as well. Alrighty, very cool. Uh, let's see here. We have some questions uh, from the forum over at gspn.tv slash forum. Oh, by the way, the folks that called in, they did that using our phone number, which you can call our voicemail hotline 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We encourage you to do so. This show is not nearly as much fun without your questions and comments. You can do that by giving us a call at area code 859 795 Four zero six seven. Again, that's eight five nine seven nine five four zero six seven. Of course, if you want to, if you have an iPhone, you can use the voice memo feature. You simply just hit record, start talking, and when you're finished, you do have the option to email that voice memo. And when you do that, send your audio feedback to feedback at gspn.tv. All right, so with that out of the way, let's move on to some questions. A Bluetooth mouse question from Chris K. He says, this evening I finally decided to buy a wireless Bluetooth mouse, and it works well, but I have a question. I have a computer set up so that that moving the cursor to one of the hot corners will put the display to sleep. But that leaves the computer run, so that it leaves the computer running. Uh, I leave my computer on overnight to download podcasts, charge my iPhone, sync the uh, sync the iPhone with Automator. Uh, after a certain period of inactivity, however, the mouse will turn off and my screen wakes up to tell me that the connection is lost. In a darkened bedroom, this situation is not the most conductive to sleep, or conducive, I guess. Uh, anyway, my question is simply, is there a way to stop this from happening? The solution I came up with is to set the screensaver to come on at three minutes and the display to go to sleep at four minutes. Then just turn off the mouse before going to bed. Anybody have a better idea? Thanks, Chris. I don't. Um... Move your computer out of the bedroom. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What no. was that noise? Did I hear like a, a bird or something? Where? Here in the studio? Yeah. Oh, that was my daughter, McKenna. Oh, okay. She, she sounded like a crow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, Chris, unfortunately, I don't have any better solution for you there, uh, unfortunately. If anybody yeah. does, uh, that question is posted in the forum at gspn.tv slash forum under the Help I Got a Mac section. Feel free to add any thoughts or comments that you have. Or, again, you can call in some feedback and let us know next week. We'll play it in the show, and maybe we'll have some future information. Uh, in v- <laughs> Vicky in the chat room says, can you just turn the monitor off? And I don't think you can on the Mac. You, it's it's just an all-in-one yeah. power thing. Oh, the, I, the iMac? Yeah, yeah, yeah it's... Uh... Yeah. Yeah. All right. Here's another one. Question from John. He says, hey, guys, got a question for you. My friend has a three. Oh, never mind. This is an email question that's the same as his uh, as the question he called in. So he called it in afterwards. All right. Anyway, that's all I have for questions. The next thing I do have is just a link in the show notes here for 60 free classic tabletop games by classic tabletop games. We're talking like chess checkers and stuff like that. And if you click that link, um, and of course, this will be in their show notes section over at helpigotamac.com. Uh, and you'll see 60 free iPhone classic tabletop games, and um, they're all listed there. Interesting stuff, if you're interested. Sweet. Anyway, that is all I have, Chris. Can I can I plug something? Yeah, go right ahead. Plug all you want. Okay. Uh, share this. 
is giving away five flip minnow hd cameras okay on twitter twitter all you need to do is go to sharethis.com slash twitter flip we're doing it for the next uh five weeks one a week starting we're gonna give away away one tomorrow so just go to uh that page and you can get all the details very cool that is sharethis.com slash twitter flip and yep. uh, let's see here. Anything else you want to plug? I mean, what, it, how's things going on the job search? Anything? Any new news there? Uh, no, nothing new uh, from last week. Uh, just real busy still with with share this and with uh, some of my other clients. I'm doing iPhone demo uh, starting at tonight, and that's it's been a lot of fun so far. So. Well, folks, if anybody's out there and you know of anything uh, interesting in the job place, uh, feel free to email Chris at biting, B-E-I-T-I-N-G dot O-R-G. I know he'd prefer to stay in the North Kentucky, Cincinnati area, so uh, keep that in mind. But, uh, you know, we have lots of listeners out there, and uh, if you happen to have any connections or information, just let Chris know. That would be awesome. Alrighty, and, of course, you can uh, follow Chris on Twitter at twitter.com slash biting b-e-i-t-i-n-g you can follow me on twitter at twitter.com slash g-s-p-n and of course uh, if you're not aware of this yet we have moved our recording schedule we are now recording thursday mornings at 9 a.m thursday's mornings 9 a.m and of course the podcast is released i believe yeah we release it thursday afternoon so this uh, this show will go out, and uh, we want to say a special thank you to the Plus members. Uh, in fact, this podcast here happens to be a Plus member-only podcast on the as far as being released out to the feed. Of course, if you are not a Plus member and you are viewing this live, we encourage you to do that, and uh, thank you as well. Uh, we, we do um, what we do here full-time, and so we thank you for your support of our content. Anyway, we'll be back next week, and perhaps maybe we won't hate Apple as much. <laughs> I hope not. Until then, take it easy and join the community. Bye-bye.